Good evening. Make sure I'm on here. Set up. All right, well, I just wanted to say, like Dad, and, and to repeat what, kind of what Dad said a little bit, is welcome, everyone. Uh, thank you all for, for coming tonight. And uh, if you're visiting, we are glad you're here. I know we said that, but I don't think we can say that enough. Uh, uh, if you haven't, find a visitor's card. We have them on the back. Or we'll make sure that someone's get to you. And fill that out so we can stay in touch with you. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Almost, I got here a little early. I almost started moving all the chairs outside and put them outside and letting us have service outside. It feels so good out there. But I don't know. That's a lot of work. So, All right, so my lesson tonight is learning to lose so Jesus can win. And there's a reason I picked this lesson. I think, one, the events of this year has taught us a lot, I think. And, and we've seen a lot of things that have, that have happened because of the events of this year. But I think even before this year, we've seen a shift in Christianity that has gone away from what it's supposed to be and who it's supposed to identify as and who Jesus meant it to be. And, I, and I, when I say this, I think this has kind of been a, I would say, a 20 to 30 year progression of, of slowly coming into a, a type of Christianity that we're seeing now that, that Jesus never intended. And it's a, it's a Christianity that he never intended to see or, to, or for us to see or us to be as Christians. And so the question, first question I want to ask tonight, what is the current status of everything right now? On hold? Up in the air? Chaos, maybe? A little bit if you, if you look out there. But I think there's two things that kind of stand out, especially this year, that's just kind of building. It's kind of the status of, of almost everything we see right now. There's two things. One, everything is hyper-political. And two, is what we call the, the, it's called the cancel culture. Right? There's nothing that is neutral anymore whatsoever. Right? Trump could cure cancer. And the far left is going to complain about it because it's for some reason, right? Nancy Pelosi could say that the grass is green and all you Trump supporters are going to go home and spray your lawns with Roundup so it turns brown. <laughs> I, almost, I almost said Joey's going to go home, but I, I didn't want to call you out like that, right? So everything, even in the church sometimes, right? I mean, you, you, we, we decide between chairs or pews or, or, or carpet or tile or, I mean, all these things. Everything is hyper-political. And then the other side of that we have going on right now is what we would call, it's called the cancel culture, right? The big thing right now is if you're a real Christian and you're a true Christian, then you're going to cancel Netflix. I get it. I understand why. But that's the, that's the way it works, right? If, if, someone who's, if Mother Teresa was still alive today and she said one thing that someone didn't like, well, then we need, to, we need to immediately cancel out everything else she's ever done. That's the culture that we live in now. And I'm going to be honest with you. If we lived by this cancel culture, we wouldn't be able to do anything. We wouldn't be able to shop anywhere. We wouldn't be able to drive any cars. We'd have to walk, grow our own foods, and... Even then, you'd have to make sure you bought your seed from the right place. Right? And what this is, and what this has led to, is what I call 
combative Christianity. It's Christianity that is consumed with winning or being right. All right. It sees itself as always under attack. There's always someone coming to get us, right? Someone trying to shut down the churches or this group of people out here, they're, they're coming to get us. Which isn't, shouldn't be a surprise because Jesus told us it's going to be that way from, from day one anyway. So I don't understand why, why we're all up in arms about it. But so, because we always think we're always being attacked, what are we doing? We're attacking back, right? We're attacking back. We're going after this group over here, or we're going over this group over here, this group over here, or we're always looking for that next enemy of the church. And we're not doing what we've been commanded to do. So, combative Christianity is a perversion of the Christian faith. It is not what God intended and nowhere in the Bible are you going to see that version of Christianity. But there's something that happens under this type of Christianity. And that is because the church or religion itself, because it becomes a pawn or a tool in the game of politics and anything else that's out there. So if you're not part of a particular party over here, then you're not a Christian. But if you're part of this party over here, well, then you're going to hell, right? And so what happens is, instead of being known for what we are for, we're known for what we're against, right? We, we, we have to stand and we have to fight. We have to take the battle to them. We're, we're so afraid of losing that we become consumed with winning and being right. But if you look in the New Testament church, that is not how it operated. That is not how the church, New, New Testament church reflected their faith or how they were. Did they win by going after politicians or being activists? How'd they win? They walked into leper colonies. They went to trash piles and grabbed babies that had been left there. They spread the word of God, knowing that they were going to be sawed in half, fed to lions, or burned at the stake. So a lot of what you see with combative Christianity is the exact opposite of what Jesus taught. So what does this type of Christianity look like? And I think, as I go through this, I think you'll see this. So for the most part, in this type of Christianity, this is what you end up with. You end up with a far-left agenda over here where anything and everything goes, or you end up with a far-right where we step back into legalism and the Phariseeism, whereas you've got to do this, 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 and this. It's all about rules, right? There's no middle ground. Christianity is lost in both of these, both of these sides. So guess what happens here? In this type of environment, when you have an environment of where anything goes or an environment of legalism, you solve very few problems. Because what happens? If you're, if you're over here and everything's, you know, anything goes, if you suggest something, we'll say, well, maybe we shouldn't or maybe this, well, then, then you're not open, right? You're, 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 trying, so you're trying to oppress someone, right? 
you're, you're sexist or homophobic or you're, you're this or that. All right? But if you go over here and you, and you try to look at a, or solve a solution or solve a problem, what happens? Well, that's not the way we've done it. It's got to be done this way, this way, this way. We've done it this way for 30 or 40 years. We can't do it any other way. So you don't solve any problems on these sides. Christ's love isn't properly shown there. The love of Christ, and, and, and he talks about this, he is, he is full of truth and full of grace. Well, if you get over here on the far left, it's just all grace. Anything goes, right? So the grace of God is going to cover everything. But you get over here on the right-hand side, and we're all about truth. All truth, right? Well, this is the truth, this is the truth, this is the truth, but we forget the love or grace side of it. And so you don't, Christ's love isn't properly shown on those two spectrums. And then lastly, you won't find Jesus there. Jesus was not in either one of those situations. You won't find him here. You're going to find him where it's full of truth, and full of grace. And here's the thing. Jesus didn't play sides. Jesus wasn't a Republican. Jesus wasn't a Democrat. Jesus wasn't a communist. Jesus wasn't a whatever, right? He wasn't any of these things. Jesus was Jesus, and he came to do his thing. We see that in Philippians 2, verses 6 through 9. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took up the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. So if you look at this, Jesus didn't play to whim. We don't like that idea of not playing to win. Losing is not easy for most of us. Me and Helen, we're the most competitive people you'll find. All right, we're the ones who are going to flip the Monopoly board if we're not winning, right? <laughs> As Americans, we don't like this. This is built into our DNA. From the day one, we tell our little kids it's winning isn't everything, but we really mean that winning is everything, right? Because once they're in the high school and they're not winning, well, if you're not winning, you're losing, right? You're a loser, and we don't like losers. You have to be number one. What would Ricky Bobby say? <laughs> if you ain't first, you're last. I probably shouldn't be quoting Ricky Bobby in church, but that was the, that was the one that just that came to me. Right? That, that is, but that's the American way. And that's hard for us. It's built into us. But we have to realize that Jesus did not come to win. He didn't play to win. But the other thing we have to realize, too, is Jesus was playing an entirely different game that everyone else was playing. At the time, he was the only one that knew it. Even the apostles, they didn't see it. If we look in Mark 10, verses 35 through 38, <clears throat> Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, when you sit on the glory, your glorious throne, <clears throat> excuse me, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you are asking. And they didn't. Because they honestly thought at this point 
that Jesus was going to restore his kingdom at Jerusalem on earth, you know, kick the Roman Empire out and take over the world. And so they wanted to be able to sit on the left-hand side and the right-hand side of the throne of Jesus. They didn't know what they were asking. They didn't even realize it after the resurrection. We get into Acts 1-6, right? Christ has already died. He's resurrected. <clears throat> he's about to ascend to heaven. And the apostles are still asking. If we look in Acts 1-6. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? They still didn't get it. They thought that God, or Jesus was going to establish an earthly kingdom. But Jesus was playing an entirely different game. And we have to learn to play that same game. Right? It's not about what's here on this earth. Right? And, and so, what I think and what I feel we need to do, and this is just two things that, I, that I've come up with, there's probably more, but I think there's two things we need to learn to lose so that Jesus will win. And this first one, I'm going to tell you right now, none of you are going to like it. I don't like it. We need to, lose the, we need to learn to lose our rights. I can already see people in their heads. Uh-uh. I live in America. I'm not giving up my rights. Right? I got the Constitution to protect my rights. No one's going to tell me what to do. And again, I'm not talking about just blindly handing over. Right? We, we do live under a certain set of laws and different things. But we, we're going to have to learn to lose and give up some of those rights. And then the other thing we have to learn is that we as Christians, we are Christians first, not Americans first. Sometimes that's hard. I think sometimes we've, we've blended the two together so much that we think almost that they're one and the same. And they're not. We have to be Christians first before we're Americans. And that can be hard sometimes. But what does Jesus say about that? If we look at Matthew 5, verses 38 through 42. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And I was like, yeah, that's right. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. Who in here, if someone comes up to you and punches you in the face, is going to offer them the other side of your face? Not very many of us. That's what God tells us, that Jesus tells us to do. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If someone sues you and takes half your belongings, how many in here is going to say, you know what, why don't you take the rest of them? You can have my house too, right? You got my cars, I mean, have my house. No, we're not going to do that. But that's what we're commanded to do. We're commanded to give up those rights. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for one mile or four mile, carry it too. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. And then Paul sums it up in 1 Corinthians 9.19. Even though I am free, I'm sorry, even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. What rights does a slave have? None. And we are commanded to become a slave. Well, I don't know if that's a command, but it's an example that Paul set forth. Become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. How many are truly willing to say that I'm willing to give up all my rights so that someone might come to Christ? 
That's hard for us because, again, like I said, we, we live in this Americanized version of the world, right? We have freedoms that a lot of people don't have. We have rights that a lot of people don't have. We, we, we're, we're hard on those rights, and for, and for good reason. But how many of us are willing to give them all up to save someone? It's our human nature to fight back. <clears throat> and that's what's, what's created, I think, this, this combative Christianity that we see. All right, the government tells us to do something, we're not going to do it, we're going to fight back. Government tells us to close our buildings, no, we're not going to close our buildings, we want to keep our buildings open. We have to wear a mask, and we're going to fight back on that, right? Someone insults us, what are we going to do? Insult them back, right? Or fight back in some sort of way. Someone puts something out there on Facebook or on social media we don't like, we're going to make sure we comment on it. We're all guilty of that. But what's funny is we're not alone in this, in this process and doing this. The apostles themselves were very, uh, guilty of this very thing, of fighting back, wanting to fight back. I don't know how many of you are familiar with this story. It's, uh, it's almost humorous if it, if it wasn't true. In Luke 9, verses 51 through 56, when the days were approaching for his ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem. This is Jesus. All right? And he sent messengers on ahead. So what, as they would travel, what they would do is they would send people ahead of them, the group, ahead of the group, to go into a nearby town and, 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 and set up some type of, of um, staying for the night, you know, some kind of lodging for the night. And so they did this. So they sent two people ahead, or sent messengers ahead, and they, were, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they did not receive him because he was traveling toward Jerusalem. The Samaritans hated the Jews. He's, they were Jews who were traveling to Jew, Jerusalem, and they were wanting to stay in this Samaritan town. And they said, no, we don't want anything to do with you. Go away. So what would your reaction be? If you're trying to stay in a town and no one wanted you to stay there. Huh? You just go on, right? The apostles, well, at least James and John... When his disciples, I'm sorry, when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Isn't that us today, right? Someone, 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 someone insults us, we want to blow them up. Hopefully not. But that, that's the human nature. I mean, you see the disciples who are traveling with Christ, they want to, they want to bring down fire from heaven and consume an entire village because they wouldn't let them stay there. Like, that's kind of petty. We're that. We do that. We're that petty. But I like what Jesus said. But he turned and rebuked them. Now, the, the Greek word for rebuked here is the same Greek word that was used when he would rebuke demons to come out of people. So this wasn't he got on to them a little bit. He rebuked them. He got on to them and said, You do not know what kind of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And then they went on to another village. So if, if the disciples had had their way, they would have blown this, blown this village off the map. All because they didn't want to let them stay there. But here's the thing. We need to learn to take up our cross and not our rights. And that's a hard thing to do. Taking up a cross is a hard thing to do. Taking up a cross means you're going to die. Taking up your rights is, in a lot of ways, defending yourself. And so we, we've got to figure out which, one, which side we're going to be on. What are we going to do here? 
So the other thing we need to learn to do, I think here, the second one, we need to learn to lose what is best for you and me and accept what is best for others. And we say, well, that's a hard one. I don't know if that's necessary. Let's go back to Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5. Or go to, I'm sorry, Philippians 2, 3 through 5. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. What attitude was that? We just read it a little bit ago. Philippians 2, 6-9, where that continues on. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. So he was God. Jesus was God himself, and he came down to earth. He didn't hold on to that. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. I like the way the New Living Translation says that. His divine privileges, all the privileges that he had. Are we willing to give up our own privileges that we have? And he took the humble position of a slave. Again, he gave up all his rights. He gave up everything for us. And he was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So are we willing to have the same, we go back to this, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Are we willing to have that same attitude? Are we willing to humble ourselves to the position of a slave with no rights so that we might save some? And I put this in here. Christ was willing to lose so that we could win are we willing to lose so that he will win? I put, probably put a put some at the end of that. But are we? Christ was willing to lose so that we could win. Are we willing to lose so that he will win? In the end, it's not about us, right? As Dr. Phil would say, it's not about you. It's about Christ. And it's about saving the lost. It isn't about winning. Right? It isn't about fighting political battles or, or other battles out there. I mean, if we look at the, I mean, if we're going to be honest, the, the political battle, the political landscape, not a single person is winning there. Everyone's losing. It's about Jesus, and we need to start making it about Jesus. Andy Stanley had two quotes here recently, and, and I really like them, so I'm going to use them here, because I think it wraps all this up pretty good. The first one is, the church looks more like Christ when we are giving away, rather than demanding our own way. The church looks more like Christ when we are giving away, rather than demanding our own way. And then the other one was, the church looks more like Christ when we are defending other people's rights, rather than our own. When we are, as a church, are putting other people ahead of us, we're going to look a lot more like Christ than if we're putting our rights and what we want first. 
Paul said it when he was writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.4. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. If we're going to be Christians and be the type of Christians that Jesus talks about and is shown in the New Testament, we are going to have to learn to lose. We can't win everything. All right? In fact, we're, in order to win people, we're probably going to have to lose. Lose to self, lose to some of our own selfish desires, lose to maybe some of the things that we, the rights we want. So I'll leave you with this again. Christ was willing to lose so that we could win. Are we willing to lose so that he will win? Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything you do, Lord. And we just thank you for the opportunity we have to, to come here and worship you. Lord, I ask that you, you teach us the and help us have the attitude that you have of lowering yourself to the position of a slave with no rights to be able to convert people in the world. Lord, I hope you'll help us realize that, that Christianity isn't about winning. And in fact, it may be about losing sometimes. And that it's about bringing the lost to you, Lord, and saving those lost out in the world. Lord, I just thank you for everything you do for us. In Christ we pray. Amen. Now, some of you may, I think most everyone in here is, is a Christian. But if you're not, you know, so you may be watching, read, listening to this and be like, yeah, I really don't know if I want to be part of that. I'm not real big on losing. Trust me, what you lose in Christ or coming in, in coming to Christ, he will bless you with a hundred times over. Trust me on that. So yeah, we, we may have to give up some stuff. We may have to lose. But I'm telling you, we win in the end. We win in the end. So if you haven't given yourself to Christ, we, we have an opportunity to do that here in a second. And then those who are Christians, you know, maybe you just need to come forward. Maybe you've got something going on in your life, or maybe you've, you're not doing something the way you should be doing something. Right? Or maybe you're not living your life the way you are. We have an opportunity now for you. You can come forward. You don't have to come forward. You can do it right where you're sitting, but we also have that opportunity for you to do that. And I just ask that if you're in any one of those situations, that you come now while we stand and sing.